0: Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations.
1: Hello there, I'm Jo and you're listening to Euronet Plus Panorama. With less than 300 days to go until the European elections, we take a look at some of the reactions to Wednesday morning's much publicised State of the Union address given at the European Parliament in Strasbourg. We'll be examining some of the topics covered, as well as considering if this constitutes an early campaign speech for Ursula von der Leyen in her bid to continue in post. Before we get going, let's hear from Vivian Lunella, who heads up the European Commission's representation in Estonia. She gives Cuckoo Radio a potted history of the first female
2: president's eventful term in office. So much has happened. We've had a health crisis, we've had an energy crisis, now we have a full-scale war in Europe. We have helped Ukraine, so she focused a lot on these things. But she was also looking ahead. She said what our key priorities are, namely Ukraine, that we must do everything we can to make Ukraine a member of the European Union. This autumn will be the time for decision-making on entering into accession negotiations with Ukraine. In an interview with Bulgarian National Radio, though, EU policy expert
1: Vladimir Shopov stresses that clarity on Ukraine's accession process is not on the cards anytime soon.
0: Personally, I would be surprised if a concrete date for the start of EU negotiations with Ukraine is reached. In fact, after the accession of Bulgaria, Romania, and Croatia, all European policies avoid fixing starting points for the negotiation process for many reasons. Only a few days ago, Charles Michel gave 2030 as a possible date for the accession of the Western Balkans, and this was immediately followed by numerous reactions opposing precisely such an approach because, from the point of view of his critics, it presupposes the dynamics and outcome of the process. But although it is difficult to comment on dates, it is important to note that the issue of enlargement has returned to European politics, and not only regarding Ukraine, but also with regard to the Western Balkans Balkans, Moldova and
1: Georgia. But this issue of enlargement should go hand-in-hand hand with treaty reform, points out Elmar Brock to German broadcaster AMS. Brock is a former German MEP who represented his constituents at EU level for almost 40 years until 2019. She didn't say it,
0: for example, she just hinted at it, but she didn't make any concrete suggestions about how to make the EU more efficient. She addressed the issue of expansion, saying that it should go ahead, even if this question of efficiency has not yet been clarified.
1: The Lithuanian PM, Ingrida Shimonite, sees no real problem with this, though
2: as she tells Žinių Radias. It seems to me that the Commission President's message was very clear, and it was very good to hear that message, that there is no need to connect these issues in any way, no need to change the basics treaties, which is a very complicated process, before we can invite Ukraine, Moldova and the countries of the Western Balkans to join the EU because 27 countries have already been able to perform miracles in terms of the speed of decision-making when necessary, even in the face of dissenting opinions, objections from Hungary and so on. We will therefore be able to do this when there are, as the Commission president said, 30-plus of us. This is probably, for me personally, the most important message that I heard. The EU Commissioner for Justice, Didier
1: Renders, for his part, believes that the Union does need to make internal reforms to ensure that key decisions cannot be blocked by just one or two states out of what could one day be more than 30. But he also stands behind the Commission Chief's announcement that the EU must from now on take a more active interest in the status of reforms in candidate countries too. Rendez is speaking to our Belgian colleagues
0: at RTBF. Whether in Ukraine, the Balkans or Moldova, which you mentioned, we need to move towards an independent judiciary. We need greater action to fight corruption. We need free media, protected journalists, a real opening up of society with a balance between civil society and the authorities. And here we have a long way to go. This is why she announced that we are going to extend the report on the rule of law to candidate countries, something that we are already applying to our 27 member states. We are going to apply to candidate countries too, because it is important to show that we are treating all partners on an equal footing, and above all show them that these reforms must be carried out.
1: Many commentators have welcomed another of Wednesday's announcements, namely that the EU executive will be launching an investigation into what it considers illegal state subsidies for Chinese electric cars sold in Europe. In the words of the Commission chief, these subsidies keep prices artificially low. This investigation is the first step towards imposing import restrictions on electric cars entering the EU from China a move that could, of course, lead Beijing to hit European car manufacturers in retaliation. Despite these risks, Italian MEP Brando Benefei, a member of the S&D, or Social Democrat Group, believes that this kind of action is where the union's strength lies, a point he makes in an interview with Radio 24 in Milan. Il realismo...
0: Realism consists of Europe using its strength where there are problems that can be addressed. This is precisely what has happened with the action against Chinese dumping with regard to electric cars. Europe's strength lies in the ability to act through its common commercial policy to gain respect. What would not be good is to lower our ambition, because we need to save our economy and our health. Von der Leyen's speech had elements of ambition, but also some elements perhaps of exaggeration Prudence. In contrast, we believe that in this last year before the European elections, Europe must relaunch itself with maximum ambition.
1: Some MEPs, particularly those in the S&D group, are not inclined to mince their words when it comes to pointing out the perceived shortcomings of this latest State of the Union address. Spanish member Javi Lopez, for one, who is speaking to France's EU radio.
0: A mí me ha parecido un discurso, francamente, un tanto decepcionante. I found the speech frankly disappointing, and the worst I have heard from Ursula von der Leyen in this mandate, because the speech had a very internal electoral feel of the People's Party of von der Leyen's party. A large part of the messages were ideas related to the discourse and the framework of the European People's Party. I believe that President van der Leyen, now that the European elections and her potential re-election are approaching, is trying to remind her own people that she is one of them. I would have liked her to make a more balanced speech, let's say in terms of her priorities on social Europe, on the problems that Europeans face regarding interest rates, inflation, purchasing power. And then a little more balance and ambition when it comes to the European Green Deal, which is the master program of the European Commission. She seemed at some points to be trying to strike a balance between the Green Deal and agriculture. When it
1: comes to the Green Deal and agriculture, the controversial nature restoration law, for example, VDL clearly wants to avoid alienating her own party the centre-right EPP. However, this has led to perceived dithering on major climate-related files, arguably the biggest threat facing the bloc. As AMS reports, another looming threat to the future of the EU is not even mentioned, adds Katharina Barley, fellow S&D member and
2: vice president of the European Parliament. The threat of right-wing extremism We see this everywhere in Europe. In Italy, Sweden and Finland, there are right-wing extremists in the government, even in the case of Italy as prime minister. The conservatives support these right-wing extremists, thereby enhancing their status. I consider this a fatal development and would have liked to hear Ursula von der Leyen say something about it.
1: And even those of von der Leyen's own political persuasion have criticisms to share. Former EPP member Elma Brock, who we heard from earlier, for example. She did not say what,
0: concretely, would happen in terms of foreign and security policy, and that is where it is particularly lacking. In foreign and security policy, in financial policy, and indeed, quite generally, problems are addressed, but no solutions put forward.
1: But there are others, such as Renew Europe's Sylvie Brunet, who look more kindly on her speech.
2: EU Radio shares her thoughts. To be honest, I found this speech very well-founded, very detailed and of a good standard. I particularly followed my subjects – employment, social affairs and women's rights. Ursula von der Leyen began with the Green Deal, which is our major strategic axis, so I thought that was good. She recalled the victories we've been able to achieve around the Wage Transparency Directive on Women's Rights and, of course, Women on Boards of Directors, which is a text that has finally passed. And then the fight against violence against women and domestic violence, an area she has always described as important, something that was confirmed when the European Union signed up to the
1: Istanbul Convention. RTBF asks Justice Commissioner Didier Rendez who VDL's speech was primarily aimed at. Is she already in electoral mode? Is she making compromises to secure MEP's support for a second term?
0: This speech is also intended to show that it is possible, with a parliamentary majority, to continue the efforts that are underway and perhaps move in a direction that she has described very clearly, namely the green transition with support for business, but also, for example, the whole debate that lies before us on the future enlargement of the European Union. This is first and foremost a speech for the parliamentary groups, for the MEPs present, in other words, a speech to Parliament, because we have to convince parliamentarians to support the Commission, just as we have to convince Member States when we debate in the Council.
1: Yet according to Mark Angel, a Luxembourgish member of the S&D group and Parliament Vice-President, Ursula von der Leyen's speech was above all meant to win over her own political group. Luxembourg's 100.7
0: reports. This was an election campaign speech which she addressed above all to the EPP. She was therefore not critical of Manfred Weber's political manoeuvres over recent months and clearly we regret as a political group that she did not touch on this at all. The real aim of her speech was to make sure she is the lead EPP candidate going forward.
1: So... The latest State of the Union address has certainly succeeded in filling plenty of column inches and generating hours of airtime. But, as ever, the jury's out on what to make of it. So that's all for this week. Come back next week for more news from around the Euronet Plus network.